Pretty Policeman, Multiple Paradox Net Files. These are some of The Little Darlings. It's great to be gay. Our favourite episode titles. Right on, sister. Please be gentle. From all three seasons of the logbooks. You might well be very angry. So we've printed them on a t-shirt and a poster. Crash pad needed. Kiss my rump. And our limited stock is for sale at thelogbooks.org. Interested and willing? With profits going to Switchboard. Thank you for being here. So take a look at thelogbooks.org slash shop. This episode contains stories of isolation and illness, including coronavirus, but also stories of support and hope. This is a logbook entry from January 8th, 1984. The volunteer who took the call was Jerry. Oh, what a night. I had a call from a guy called David in Leicester. Straightforward call, had a chat. He called back an hour later. His stepfather had listened to the whole call on the extension and had a furious row with him when the call finished. David was in a state. He had unplugged the extension and he had to wait until his mother came home from work. She's a nurse on the night shift. So I talked him through for three hours. He will be calling back and needs lots of support. He's got guts but is very scared and isolated. So be nice. What do you make of that entry, Tash? Looking at that entry has made me feel quite emotional. It's given me real pause for thought, especially because how similar it is to the calls we're getting today. You know, we're being contacted by transgender teenagers who are in lockdown with religious parents, um, people feeling like they're having to go back into the closet when moving back home or in a a series of complicated living situations just really brings it to life yeah it's something that you you might not like think about when you're in lockdown about how other people's living situations are not necessarily the best or they're in kind of weird undesirable living situations just because of when the lockdown happened or because this time of their life or something what is in a way great about that logbook entry in that call was the way that the volunteer said that um, he just sat with the caller uh, um, and gave him the time to speak for three hours. Yeah, just listening. His stepdad was listening to him. He was overhearing this conversation. Um, and, and that's something that I've been thinking about a lot at the moment and how important it is that people in those situations, in spaces where they feel overheard or there isn't somewhere private, that they can still contact us through instant messaging and, and, and through the email service, which I just think is incredibly important right now. You're listening to The Logbooks, stories from Britain's LGBTQ plus history and conversations about being queer today. In partnership with Switchboard, the LGBT plus helpline. This is a bonus episode of The Logbooks, made during the COVID-19 lockdown, entitled Just Needs to Chat, and it's about reaching out. I'm Tash Walker, and I'm speaking to you from my loft. I'm Adam Smith, I'm speaking to you from my bedroom. <laughs> I'm, indeed, we are free for a chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's kind of, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, that saying, it now seems a bit different when someone texts you or calls you these days under lockdown and says are you free for a chat 
sort of yeah. almost doesn't mean the same anymore. Yeah, totally. I think several questions have changed in their meaning. How are you is one where I feel like everyone is answering truthfully for once. <laughs> um, fancy a, a hangout. <laughs> it just... <laughs> or a Zoom just, call. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's a lot more weighted. It's about asking for help and support, I think. Um, so in this episode, we're going to draw on calls to switchboard as usual so you'll hear us reading the logbook entries and we find that entries from the 70s and some from the early 80s as well like really chime with what we're talking about here with what we're going through today because people ringing switchboard for support and help especially when they're isolated or lonely is something that I think you know probably now almost everyone can relate to (laughs) in some way because we're all um, much more isolated socially. Yeah, as much as this episode is about reaching out, it's also about listening. And Tasha, you reached out to me a week or so ago and said, why don't we make a special episode of the logbooks? Because we're all in lockdown and I am in my bedroom looking at you on my computer. And um, I've closed my windows and I've kind of put my duvet around me for the best sound quality that I can get in my bedroom. Uh, What's going on with you right now? Uh, Yeah, so I've got... I've got you virtually by my <laughs> side. Um, I'm actually in my loft, which I so that's out why you, the roof behind you is like at a weird angle. Yeah, exactly, and okay. why I'm hunched over. Yeah, it's me, loads of duvets, and my cuddly shark, <laughs> which has been banished to the loft oh. by my partner. <laughs> and we also have our other producer Shivani speaking into our ears and <laughs> watching us as well while we do this. So yeah, let's give it a go. Okay. I just, there's a train. Okay. (laughs) I live by a train track. Go. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea of trains in the background. Yeah, okay. Texture. (laughs) (laughs) This is a logbook entry from August 9th, 1976. The volunteer who took the call was Stephen. After a very long, difficult call with someone called Eric, the conversation started unpromisingly with, Have you got a big cock? We progressed from there, after a long, difficult time to find out that he's 22 and had an accident at 16, which had left him paralysed. He's had to relearn to talk. He can barely move his hands. He can't grip. He has to use a mic for the phone. He has no friends at all and has to rely on social workers. Goes to hospital twice a week. I was the first gay person he'd ever spoken to. It's all the bleakest, most dismal story I've ever heard. I told him about the counselling organisation, but he didn't want anyone to see him. His major interest is modern history. If anyone knows anyone who could discuss it with him or help him with a bibliography, put the name here, and if he phones again on my next duty, as he said he could, I'll give it to him. And if anyone does speak to him again, tell him I found it interesting to speak to him, and that he should phone me again. By the way, he is gay, although he says he has no chance of sex, but he had a schoolboy affair. That's quite a heavy by the way, isn't it? Yeah. It's so it's so interesting reading this logbook entry because the, one of the things that the volunteers were trained to do at Switchboard is getting the story. And, you know, you've got the beginning mm. part of this entry, which is all about getting the story, about this incident that happened to him, this accident. And and actually, really, the reason that he's calling is just to talk to someone, mm. someone about 
about modern history. Mm. It's the closest thing to human connection, especially right now. And also, like in this case, the the caller has seems like a pretty disabling physical condition and lots of other social things. I mean, just the fact of being gay in 19... When is it? 1976. That's not going to be easy in and of itself. But um, he's just calling and he just wants to talk about modern history, uh, which I guess is... I mean, that would have been an interesting time to have that conversation. Mm. <laughs> a person is like loads of different things as well. And it's not just wow, I know you because of this particular reason, or we have this particular affinity, which in my case might be Star Trek. Um, but there's all these other things going on for you and these other parts of of who you are. And um, it's only human to human that can like make that connection. Yeah, definitely. I think it's quite humbling to think about when this entry is written and his age and how old he'd be now. And if we think about you know, the impact that coronavirus is having on older people Um, and then you look at the really specific impact that it's having on lgbtq plus older people Uh, you know these are people who are already isolated in society often hidden when people it's a generation who who lost so many people you know throughout the 80s and 90s and so on because of the hiv and aids crisis and they're also a generation who didn't have children or adopt children in the way that is available now mm-hmm. um and it's mm-hmm. it, it you know we've got these people contacting switchboard reaching out to us to talk to someone to talk to someone who is lgbt plus mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just that yeah that that sense of connection yeah i mean i had a conversation the other day um in the lockdown with a friend who i'm speaking to maybe a bit more frequently than we normally do and um, it was it was about the final episode of Star Trek Picard, which seems like kind of so irrelevant given what we're all kind of dealing with. And also it's very irrelevant to like the work that I'm doing, like making this or other projects that I'm doing. And we didn't talk about the coronavirus or anything or even our living situations. We just wanted to discuss whether it was credible that the Romulans had decided to obey an, an intergalactic treaty. It was just really, really nice just to completely kind of put aside all those other parts of our lives that were going on and just to have that human connection over the phone. Um, well, yeah, no spoilers here on the outcome of your conversation, Adam. But um... Well, <laughs> also, if anyone does want to call me and talk about Star Trek Picard, again, I'm free. This person rang Switchboard in 1976, age 22, which means they're now 66. And like you said, there's quite a lot of people who are that age and above who are especially isolated right now in the lockdown. I was speaking to a contributor from the logbooks the other day who's, well, actually, we didn't interview him yet in season for season one, but um, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to interview him for season two. Um, and he's around about that same age, actually, 66. And he also has a medical condition, which means that he's um, more vulnerable. And I spoke to him and everything, and we had a really nice conversation. And he just completely opened up about um, a lot about life in the 80s to do with the community response to HIV and AIDS, actually. So we kind of talked about that. And he was um, giving me, you know, lots of history lessons and personal stories about that. There's so much strength in reaching out and and saying to someone that I'm here and it's okay to talk to me. Like, I'm here to support you. I'm yeah. here to listen. And that and that's what Switchboard is really. It, it is this 
it's this non-judgmental confidential listening service yeah which so many people are in need of at the moment you know almost every single call that we're taking spe- speaks about covid-19 and the direct impact that's having on the caller it's 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 taking this magnifying glass and just putting it over all of these existing issues in anyone's life and just blowing them up has switchboard had to close the phone room for the first time in 46 years switchboard has closed the phone room it was a really difficult decision but i'm really proud to say that the helpline is still open amazing it was on the night that boris johnson prime minister announced that we were going into lockdown and me and some of the other management team basically worked through the night and ensured that we had remote working up and running to take the calls the next day when the, when the phone room opened uh, so now all of our volunteers nearly 230 or so are are staffing the phone lines 10 till 10 from their homes wow it's been probably uh, some of the most stressful weeks of my life uh, definitely of my co-chair life it's it's been amazing the the volunteers have and the staff have rallied together and switchboard has made history we we now have volunteers set up to be able to take calls from home instant messages from home and emails um 10 10 a.m till 10 p.m so so those people out there who you know maybe now more than ever really need our support can get it did you have to like make sure that that the calls could stay confidential yeah so we outlined ways in which people should be taking the calls where they should be taking the calls making sure they can't be overheard what to do if you feel like someone is listening but actually one of the really important things and something that we're that we value um, at switchboard is this is the safety of our volunteers and their mental Mm -hmm. health Mm -hmm. and you know this is a really complicated thing to be doing because suddenly volunteers are in their safe spaces so the callers are coming Mm -hmm. into those safe spaces and these these calls can be very difficult very complicated and you know it's definitely one of our priorities to ensure that our volunteers are supported and and are doing okay so we've implemented uh, an additional rigorous check-in system for them um, so that they reach out after every shift and stay in contact with other people on on the shift at the same time you're listening to a bonus episode of the logbooks podcast Uh, i'm tash walker and i am speaking to you from my loft Um, adam is here too i'm adam smith i'm speaking to you from my bedroom (laughs) While you're listening to this, if you are thinking of stories from your own life that fit into the period 1983 to 1991 uh, from LGBTQ life in Britain, then we really want to hear them because we're making season two, which will hopefully come out later on in the year. Um, and also we need funding for that. So you might not have stories, but you might have cash. Yeah, we're back to square one on the funding front. Um, All of the places that we applied for funding from have had a complete restructure during COVID-19 to make the funds available to those who need it urgently. Um, So if you've got uh, any ideas or you'd like to help us, then do get in touch. We are all ears. (laughs) And you can get in touch with us by emailing us at hello at thelogbooks.org. This is a logbook entry from April the 11th, 1984. 
The volunteer who took the call was Esther. I had a call from a woman in Tunbridge Wells called Phyllis, who knows she is gay but is feeling very mixed up and isolated, has contacted the local gay group without too much success and just needs to chat to other lesbians for support, just needs enough confidence to carry on trying to meet other lesbians. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about, I guess, like all the people who are in a similar situation of maybe feeling like, oh, like now was going to be the time when I was when I was going to be trying, like pushing myself out a bit more, you know, um, going out and meeting other lesbians uh, for the first time in my life or whatever. And now I can't. I think one way of survival for any human is to think to the future. And it's whether you think to an end point or you are looking to um, an achievement you know, or something marked in your calendar, whether it be going on holiday or starting a new job or ending a relationship or escaping a relationship. Mm. We, our mm -hmm. whole, the whole of our lives are, you know, we reflect on them through these markers. And at the moment we're in a situation where we have no control yeah. over this marker. It's sort of an indefinite yeah. moving marker. And that's a really difficult thing to try and yeah. deal with. And the way that I've yeah. been trying to deal with it is is literally day to day. You know, I can sort of get to the week. I can think about week to week. Um, yeah. But I think I, beyond that, is it? It's not for me. It's not particularly helpful. If one of the things, one of the markers that you were like aiming for in a way was to like be trying to find your tribe more for example which is what this caller phyllis was trying to do then um you know at least you do have well at least i hope you know that you have things like you have switchboard which you can call because like you just said calls are still open but also the internet just massively makes a lot of this kind of um a lot more easier um it's not perfect at all but Um, and also the death of Tumblr is really sad for this kind of thing. But um, yeah, you can sort of find your tribe uh, a bit more online. And I just think maybe that's something, that's another version of reaching out is like even to people who you don't know. But I also think we need to remember that not everyone has access to the internet or can afford the internet, um, which makes it a bit harder to find your tribe that way. But of course, there are many different ways of finding people like you. Yeah, totally. How are you maintaining friendships during the lockdown? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting period of time at the moment because I feel like I've spoken to some of my friends more than I would normally. Mm, yeah, me too. I actually kind of prefer the the virtual video call chats. Oh, you never want to see anyone in real life ever again. <laughs> no, no, to, <laughs> to the phone. So. Oh, I see. Okay. It's a really it's really interesting though because sometimes I think the phone is so incredibly intimate. There's a real closeness to having that person's voice directly into your ear that you don't get when you're doing um, a virtual hangout because I can even though you're in my ears I see you at a distance and so I associate your voice with being over here but it's really lovely it's really lovely to being able to see your friends and laugh and smile and I, I was hanging out with some two of my friends last night and we were playing a board game Uh, which was really fun. And we were like passing the pieces of the board game into the camera and they were like, <laughs> taking it out of the camera. One thing I have noticed is that I have a sort of heightened friend support radar going on mm -hmm. where uh, I'm checking in with my friends more. And mm. if I've not heard from someone or their tone doesn't seem quite right, then I, I feel more concerned than I would normally. Mm. Um, some, yeah. some people are dealing with it really well and others aren't so much. Yeah. 
we are all at the mercy of COVID-19 lockdown together. Obviously, everyone's experiences are incredibly difficult from whether you have a garden outside to whether mm. you've lost your job. Mm, mm. This is a logbook entry from September 11th, 1985. The volunteer who took the call was Catherine. A caller reports that a man dying of AIDS in St. Stephen's Hospital would like someone to come and read for him. If anyone knows of any reliable service, or better still, people who'd be willing to give a little time to read to him, they can contact the hospital direct, explaining that they're from Switchboard. His name is Bram. He is Dutch, but speaks fluent English and is widely read. I think it's such a touching entry and it's reminding me a lot of the act of reading and being read to and you know that's there's just so much for me comfort but also vulnerability in that um it's sort of this additional form of communication of support of that human presence the shared moment yeah it's 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 creating the safe space which is what the volunteers do at switchboard as well this logbook entry comes directly out of the research that I'm doing for season two in reading logbook entries from 84 to 91. Um, and so this patient is in hospital at pretty much the height of the HIV AIDS crisis. And I find it really, I guess, heartwarming that he's reaching out and saying, like, could someone come and read to me? You know, he's just saying, you know, he's reaching out for help. And he's actually already even got an idea of how a person could help him, which you don't always need to have, obviously, when you reach out. You can just say, just need to chat or something. But it's really nice that he's, he's he knows what he wants. He just wants someone to come and read to him. It kind of gives me lots of ideas about the positive things that we can do when we're in lockdown right now. Yeah, like you can write someone a letter. Um, it doesn't always have to be a text. That's um, true. I've sent it. a couple of postcards. <laughs> That's really nice. I like that. <laughs> Make some pickles and share them with your friends, socially distanced. Make, make some what? Pickles. Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's something about this this entry as well, which which reminds me of, you know, it. it's that first step. It's that person reaching out and saying, I actually need some support or I'd like some company. And, and I think that's really important that, you know, in order for people to support you, you do need to take that first step and say... I feel a bit lonely or I'd like someone to read for me um, or, or just, yeah, can we have a chat? Yeah. I mean, you can even read to someone over the phone or be read to over the phone. But I've been watching quite a lot of films with friends like at the same time and then speaking about it on a video call afterwards. Yeah, I, sh- I, I've sharing that it. We watched But I'm a Cheerleader last night. <laughs> that's a good one actually yeah. tonight my flatmates want to watch uh, Willy Wonka ah. in the Chocolate Factory the old version the original yes. classic yes. obviously there is no other version what yeah okay about? fine And we can bring that entry from the patient in the AIDS ward in the hospital right up to today because it's about people reaching out to help and volunteering. And we're just seeing that left, right and centre at the minute. People are feeling like they want to be able to help 
throughout this period of time and there are so many opportunities popping up everywhere uh, where you can volunteer or offer community support whether it's from picking up your neighbour's um, prescription from the local pharmacy to doing food runs or just signing up to be someone who is a telefriending volunteer for older LGBT people. Yeah, there's been like a enormous WhatsApp group in like my little um, neighbourhood set up with like a whole bunch of people who have just set up a WhatsApp group, like connecting other people and just saying, OK, we're going to post in here if anyone hears anything, if they need some support or something like that. Um yeah. One of my friends was saying um, on her mutual aid group that the way that people introduce themselves is sort of like mini bios on Tinder. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> what, like... Tash171. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like Tash171, vegetarian, atheist, Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vegetarian, about to get a cat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So many people are reaching out to help the NHS. And then we've got this like weekly applause that's happening for the NHS. Yeah, the NHS clap for carers um, Thursdays at 8pm. I remember the first one that happened a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was so emotional. It was amazing as, as, the, as the clapping started. These two red buses drove down my road and, and honked their horns. Oh, wow. Before I knew it, I was, I think, yeah. as, crying as, as was everyone else in the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I recorded it dangling out my window as well, um, just the, the street, and there was a, a Sainsbury's delivery that was just happening at, the, at, the, at that time. And I just like the idea that the guy thought that, like, wow, the whole street is applauding for me, like getting the crates out of the van, which is partially true. Like, these people who are just going about their jobs to make sure that we've all got food. Yeah, totally. I think there's a you know a big thing to be said of the appreciation of delivery drivers. Keeping our pantries stocked and your loft stocked with wine. Yeah. Um, or it, beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's beer. The um, you know this idea of everyone saying thank you so much more. It got me thinking about how people show their appreciation to Switchboard and you know Switchboard's made up of 230 volunteers and they're still going and there's so many people you know across the world that are still there supporting people volunteering do you get a lot of thank you messages at switchboard then the most powerful ones i've ever experienced are the people saying thank you to you in person there was this story of uh, one pride some switchboard volunteers were staffing the pride stall and this man came up to them and just said thank you so much you saved my life and walked away wow it's just such a powerful moment there are these really lovely thank yous as well littered in the logbooks. Um, it, it reminds me of this note that we found that sort of fell out of the pages of one of the logbooks, which goes as follows. Dear Switchboard volunteers, please find enclosed a few bob to help with the cause. I wish it was more, but perhaps next year, with luck, I will be able to send something bigger. It's been a very bad year for me and your support has been invaluable, as I'm sure it is for all your other callers. In case you've ever questioned the usefulness of the organisation, I can assure you it does matter. It makes a big difference. I hope you will have a magic Christmas and New Year with many thanks and much love. Wow, that's really nice. It's so lovely. Thank you for listening to this special lockdown episode of The Logbooks. And as always, we want to say a big thank you to all Switchboard volunteers. 
both from the past, but particularly those who are volunteering today, who are still staffing the phone line, instant messaging and email from 10am till 10pm throughout this entire period. And what better way to express that thanks than from someone who called us who recently tweeted Switchboard. I cannot express how amazing Switchboard are. They've been there for me in my darkest of moments, always listening. Please use these services if you need them. There's nothing to be ashamed of or to be embarrassed about. Absolutely everything you say is confidential. Thanks for listening to this lockdown episode of The Logbooks. Um, I'm about to go and stretch out my pins for my daily allotted exercise. (laughs) And if there's someone you've been thinking of checking in on, why don't you give them a call? Calls to Switchboard are confidential, so to bring the logbooks to life, we've changed the callers' names. The Logbooks is produced by Giovanni Dave, Adam Smith and Tash Walker, in partnership with Switchboard, the LGBT plus helpline. If you think other people would like The Logbooks, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. These ratings and reviews really help others to discover the show. You can send us your feedback and stories to hello at thelogbooks.org. Our music is by Tom Foskett Barnes and our artwork is by Natalie Dotto. Thanks to Steph Dickers and team at the Bishopsgate Institute. The folks at ACAST. Gareth Mitchell at Imperial College London. The staff and volunteers at Switchboard. And all the contributors who shared their stories. 45 years on, Switchboard continues to take phone calls from 10am to 10pm every day. If you're affected by any of the issues in this podcast or need to discuss anything to do with gender identity or sexuality, you can call Switchboard on 0300 330 0630, email chris at switchboard.lgbt or instant message via switchboard.lgbt where you can also donate money or time to help.